Pin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I mean, now all of a sudden all hell's breaking loose. So now the retailers can have people in their stores for the bait and tackle shops. Alleluia! But it's only going to be a minor thing because King Murphy says, wait, the thing with the gyms, we're still out on the gyms. I just don't, he's guy was feeling the heat with those protests. You're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. A lot of stuff going on. Fully jammed show. Coming up in the next segments, we're talking Thresher Sharks and we're talking Fluke from the Jetties. But now next weekend, Father's Day weekend, there's an incredible event going on. That's why it's called Rack and Fin, people. United Bowhunters of New Jersey has a Father's Day weekend 3D shoot, okay, 20th and 21st at the Garden State Archers, 110 Larison Road in Wrightstown, where they're having all these events. It's going to be uh, time is registration, Saturday, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., Sunday, 7 a.m. to 1130 a.m., $20 for adults, $35 for adult two-day pass, $10 for youngsters, 15 and under. Give us more of a two- or three-minute blast with this is our good Rack and Fin radio friend, John Erndl, Executive Vice, Pre- Executive Vice President rather United Bowhunters of New Jersey. John, super short notice, but hey, man, great event going on. Tell us about it. Oh, thanks, Tom. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a whole weekend event. We're putting out 60 uh, Reinhardt targets. 60? Over, uh, <laughs> wow. It'll, it'll be uh, three courses of uh, 20 targets each. Uh, Saturday, we have a uh, two-man team shoot with half of the entry fees being paid back to the top three teams. And Sunday, we have uh, our 3D championships over seven different classes. Wow. So it's going to be an action-packed weekend. Now, uh, for Saturday and Sunday, for uh, the 60 target win, can they be shot for fun? They can be shot for fun all weekend long. You don't have to compete. Now, rain or shine event, correct? That is correct. It'll be rain or shine. Now, I understand from your last event, you're doing it again. There will be a non, if you listeners, you bring a non-perishable food collection for a local food bank. That's going to just do a great thing, John. That is correct. And uh, whoever brings non-perishables will be put in a drawing for a prize. Well, now, 60 bucks per team, half the entry fee will be, like you said, will be paid back to the top three teams? Yes. Wow. You guys are really like cranking it up. What's going on, man? Ah, uh, you know what? It's like, it's like the UBN. The UBNJ has been unleashed. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, we have, and uh, everybody's been coming out. It's been great. Our last shoot, we had 104 uh, shooters come out, and uh, you know we're hoping this uh, Father's Day weekend is uh, just as big and bad. Now, listen, there's a rain or shine event date next Saturday and Sunday, June 20th and 21st at the Garden State Archers at 110 Larison Road in Wrightstown. Registration is Saturday, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. and Sunday, 7 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. $20 for adult per day, $35 adult two-day pass, $10 for youngsters 15 and younger. Well, John, thanks so much, man. We will see you soon. Hopefully get out there. By the way, by the way, by the way, are you already gearing for the September opener bow season? Oh, yes, we are. And you know what? (laughs) These deep. These shoots will help everybody get ready for that. Do me a favor. Give that UBNJ website or Facebook and your phone number, please. Uh, UBNJ.org. We're on Facebook under United Bowhunters in New Jersey. And if anybody has any information, they can call me personally, 848-223-3346. Well, uh, Arndel, I'm uh, I'm 
taking, I'm, I'm calling you out personally on this one, and three stations, 50,000 watts, three states, four states. Where's my brajol, venison brajol recipe, dude? I sent it to you. I messaged it to you on Facebook. Go look. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's the social. Uh, John, you're my main man. Okay. <laughs> you take care, brother. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Tom. Bye. Great guy. Coming up, coming up, Captain Al Crudelli, two live crew. We're talking Thresher shark fishing, man. Bayhound charters. It is Thresher's Rock. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Well, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a segment on early season bluefin. The bluefin are here. Atlantic Princess, the Toms, uh, getting some up there at the Hudson. They seem to be um, uh, born, heard some at the Barnegat Ridge as well. But what is what is missing from this early season to me big game picture? Thresher sharks. Okay, June is shark time. Okay, the Makos, you want to do those things. Prepare to travel, what, 60, 70, 80 miles and more. Okay, for the Makos. But the Threshers, to me, they're like the like the black drum. They're like the danger fields of sharkdom. That's eh, a Thresher. I'll tell you what, those things will kick your ass at the end of a rod and reel. And on the grill, in the oven, and on the dinner plate, I'll put them right there with a swordfish and with the you know, the, the hallowed, vaunted Mako. Join us on the lot right now. Very special guest on Rack and Finn. When we can get him, because uh, things really picked up, it's Captain Al Crudelli III, Bayhound Charters based out of Sea Isle. And he is doing some Thresher trips right now. And I just want to, I said, Al, let's, can we talk Thresher? It's like the, the shark that gets no respect. And I'll relate to you, uh, listeners, in a little while into this segment or next segment. A real solid Al did to a young family from Pennsylvania who came in. And I. what are the chances of this, people? I met the mom and dad about probably five or six years later at a place that Al and I went to dinner. was Yuri's. And he came over and said, you were the guys with the thresher shark, right? Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. But Captain Al... Crudelli the third. Thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin, little brother. How's it going? Hi, Tom. How are you? Lock, Cox, and ready to rock. Your thresher season is kicking in now. I know you've had charters now. It's Saturday. You had a charter yesterday. We're going to talk about that because let's let's just keep this momentum going. Al Threshers, why, in your opinion, you've been doing this for many years, ace charter captain out of CL. How come the thresher don't get no respect? Well, I, I think that, that I've seen him. Uh, a wave of people come and go fishing for him, Tom. Uh, there was a, they had quite a following uh, back in the nineties. Um, hey, you'd hear guys talking about um, slumming, slum sharking, or ghetto sharking. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, like you said, they are the Rodney Danger Field of the, uh, of, and then, you know, they come and go too. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty. They get by us sometimes pretty early in the year, mm-hmm. so a lot of guys aren't ready and out fishing for them. Um, and you know, there's another wave of them. And, and, and the bottom line is, too, they're they're not really the easiest fish to catch, Tom. They're they're um, that, you know, right as as sharks go. They're not your normal, you know, grab it and run and and yeah, and, you know, easy to hook kind of thing. Um, right. Especially today's regulators uh, regulation. I'm sorry. 
Well, now, listen, know. listen, but, you know, the, the, the Blue Dogs, you know, the, the Blue Sharks and the Duskies, the Browns, you know, the Hammerheads and the Makos, like, hit, like, bang, boom, and go. Threshers can be pretty persnickety, pretty capricious. And, you know, the small mouth are structured or made for, you know, eating small baits, you know, bunker that they have that outrageous tail, which I'm going to ask you because I've seen some stuff going on with that. And I'll tell you how they, they can make guys say, to me, it's almost like, like Carl, like, oh, man, well, they're not worth going after because they, they can't catch them. <laughs> and, and, crew, you have a pretty good record of putting those threshers alongside the boat. Yeah, we we you know we brought quite a few home over the years, and uh, we you know, we've also released quite a few times. Right. You know, um, you know, uh, they're 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 a great fighting fish. Um, unfortunately, they, they, sometimes they fight almost to death. You know, exactly in shallow, in shallow water situations. You know, you end up chasing them a long way, and it, you know they just don't give up. Um, they're 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 very very they're very docile shark up until the point. Where and they're on a feet. I mean, I when I mark them most of the time, um, I know they're in the area. They're just hovering around the bottom, just you know, hardly making the, you know, hardly making any kind of disturbance on your finder at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously the, the situation changes after you hook one. Oh but, yeah, um, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, uh, it, the thing about it is that they're reachable for most guys with the smaller boats. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take that. You don't have to take that ride, that long ride. Right. Or 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 put up the ridiculous regulations they have as facing with Makos right now. I mean, you know, you know, a six footer is 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 a fair Mako to, to to take. It's it's almost like a self imposed limit. You know, mm-hmm. maybe a little less depending on how the day goes. But you know, a seven footer for a female. I mean, I understand they're in trouble. But that being said, you don't have to ride to the edge of the canyon where you have your best shot. Or out thirty fathom to the canyon where you have your best shot to get mm-hmm. a big Mako. You know, our, our traditionally our Mako Alley here, twenty fathom line, get plenty of bites. But the bigger fish were, I mean, yeah. never really two hundred fifty pounder when it's legal would would, would be, you'd be hard pressed to find. Where thresher still normal regulations fifty four inches, um, you know, that, and that's um that you know that's that's total length. Um, they, they um, oh, before I forget, they are also even though they're not a. Uh, you know, an offshore shark like a makeover that that you you must have your highly migratory species yes. permit HMS, and your shark yep. endorsement pursue them. So even don't think because I'm only going ten miles or twelve miles or I ran into one at the at the Bell Buoy, I, right. you know I don't yeah. need a permit. Get your permit, guys. Right. It's, it's 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 a highly migratory species, and unfortunately, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, they come under the circle hook law, which is Broad stroke now. It's any time you're shark fishing, you're supposed to be mm-hmm. using a circle, um, which is kind of a. I, I, I've been using circle hooks for threshers, especially on my bottom rig, for years. Um, I know, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, the only thing is, you, as a captain, you have to, whoever's running the boat has to know that when you get your pickup, you get a bite, you you realize something's going on with your with your rig. You have to start your boat because threshers tend to when they feel pressure. They come at you. They 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 swim towards, towards you. Yeah. Okay. And a circle hook is, as we all know, circle hooks aren't designed to work that way. Circle hooks are designed to be swallowed. Fish runs as the leader pulls through the fish's uh, out of the fish's gullet, mm-hmm. catches the hinge in the area, catches the corner of the mouth. Um, is a, a, a 
thruster's mouth is made to be caught with a circle hook. Unfortunately, they don't run at you. So you may have to start the boat and, and tell everybody, hey, kind of hold on because we got to yeah. tighten this line up and get it set because, you know, they, if, if you don't, if it doesn't run away from you or you don't cause it to, uh, to the hook to set properly with your boat, then, you know, it's a good chance you're going to lose them because it, it, they are a long flight, Tom. I mean, you will, you oh, will yeah. fight a <laughs> two to two hundred pounder for you know you chase them around. You you you, know, better, better, you know have a harness and consider your you know, two and a half hour fight, three hour fight. You know, and I don't care your experience level. You know, they're they're they, you know every kick of the tail to them is, is just life. Every kick of the tail to you when you've been fighting it for a while is like, oh, my God. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because here goes everything I just put on the reel. Shout out to my lovely Dee Marie on that one, man. On that 238 pounder she caught, she says, GD, this thing won't stop. It won't quit. <laughs> um, you know, and, of course, you know, their their mouth is very, very small. Small, they're, right. Yeah, they're made. You know, they're, they're they're the way they make their living is with is obviously is with their tail, and they stun and mobilize prey. Um, they'll get into a bunker school and whack the tail around, and whatever they hit that's twitching on top, they'll they'll come back and, mm-hmm. and eat. Um, where I'm seeing them on right now is sand eels. Um, you know, everybody knows that's fishing out. I don't know, fifteen fathom or better in my area. This is South Jersey. Right. I know North Jersey. It's a little different, but sand eels are the forage right now. Um, and just pressure's absolutely adored. Uh, they love sand eels. It's, they, it's the easy thing for them to get in there with their tail. They, whoop, they beat them up. They come back and they just suck them right on. They, they, they vacuum them up. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me interrupt you a second. So, I mean, we caught them on, on live bunker, bunker chunk. But so right. on sand eels, you just, what, string a bunch of sand eels on a circle hook? No, 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 no. You, um, well, what I, what I like to do is, it, Bring at least a half a dozen true eels, uh, American eels, with you. They are a deadly thresher bait. However, um, if other things are around, like such as bluefish and and things like that, then you know maybe yeah. you should bring a dozen. Uh, but they're they're a fantastic bait, um, especially on cable or wire, a short shot of wire because they won't. You can pin them to the bottom, you can leave them alone, and they won't tangle up your rig. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they won't do the same kick, you know, the old eel, eel ball on, on a little bit of cable or wire. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like they do on mono. Everybody <laughs> just try to fish it. They're a dynamite bait. But, uh, I mean, even if they're forging sand eels, uh, you know, you still can catch them. Bunker, bunker, bunker are probably my favorite bait for a thresher in the inshore scene um, because you can do so much. You know, you scale your bunk, you know, you know you butterfly and chin hook a yep. smaller bunker, yep. um, which is a, a great bait, especially the top bait. For, 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 you know, take your time to rig it correctly so it's not spinning. If you have a fast drift, you don't want a propeller. You know, you know take, take take time to make your bait stealthy. You know, it'll pay off. But one of my favorite baits is a bunk, a bunker strips. Uh, pick some larger bunker out of the fresh bunker for today, or snag your own. And uh, I, I prefer to scale them. Because the scale uh, that's a little more that's a little more out uh, a little more sent out. But yeah. the main concern is not getting bunker scale stuck on the tip of your hook because it'll 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 stop right. you from. Okay, so the scale bait and then trim your bait neatly. And what I do is I pin one opposite the other. So you want to put it on the circle hook so that 
there's two two fillets with the shiny side showing meat meat to meat, if you will. So one would go through the meat and out the skin, and the other would be right, vice versa through the meat uh, through the skin and out the meat, so that they're they're together. Um, little flip, little split tail and a flutter. Um, I found over the years that um, I, I, guess I, could, I can mention um, blue water candy. They're bling lures. Um, oh, yeah. They're they're, yeah. they're just a teaser. Uh, their bling is all that's necessary um, to 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 you know, in dirty water situation or to get to get a shark's attention. Um, you don't need big skirts and and your mako stuff. I'm, I'm going to get a lot of people who are going to say, oh, I caught a thresher on a Mako rig, and I was that on the whole yeah. mackerel. And, it, and that's absolutely true. I mean, uh, if you spend a lot of time shark fishing as we have, you, you will, you know, Mako Alley, that 20-fathom stuff where the Mako, yep. you, you know, where you, that th- that's thresher alley also if there's fours there. Uh, another thing that bluefish, or excuse me, another thing that threshers really love is bluefish, small snapper blues. When the small blues show up, not little immature snappers, the small uh, half pound, one pounders yeah, yeah. migrate up the line. They are they, they love those. I always if they're around, if you're catching them when you're while you're chumming sharking, one of those goes out live. Um, right? Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Um, another thing that you wouldn't do always make up fishing or normal shark fishing. What you would do in short shallower water, put a bait on the bottom. Even if it doesn't always hug the bottom, stay directly on the bottom. I'm not. I'm not suggesting you put a two two pound weight on and stay on the bottom <laughs> on a fast trip. Yeah. But stay if you're fishing. If you're fishing in ten fathom, anything less than ten fathom, sixty feet up, which you know where the sand eels, at least again down down South Jersey way, the sand eels are on the southwest edges of the shallower lumps and, and where they drop into the deep. It's kind of where they've been accumulating in the past week. So. Um, you know, keeping a bait down low is, is, it's not such a big hassle because you're not fishing that deep. Uh, and you'll be surprised what other sharks will bite on that. Uh, because as this all turns on in here, uh, we've already, I've already caught two duskies brown, yeah. um, you know, brown sharks. Um, we had one, one thresher encounter. Um, it didn't turn out so well for, for us, pretty good for the thresher. But that's <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's well, Cardelli, yeah. Captain Al. Uh, listen, listen. Not to interrupt you. We're speaking, Captain Al Cardelli, Bayhound Charters. Captain Al Cardelli, the third. Let's rock it out. We're talking threshers. Al, we're up against a hard breaker. Hanging in for another segment, and Crew is going to. He, yeah, people, you have to understand. Captain Crew is going to give his thresher recipe. That will, in fact, don't even wear socks because they'll get knocked right off. We're up against a hard break. Captain, I'll hang in for another segment. Yes, sir. You're stuck. Crew, you're stuck here, man. Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P., and Captain Al Cradelli. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Thresher pressure, man. It's rocking. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The one. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, we're back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of June 13th and 14th. Very special guest in the line, Captain Al Two Live Crew, Delhi the Third. And we're talking Thresher, man. Thresher fishing is, this is the time. The Makos, you want to go way, way out. This is big game fishing, big game stuff. 
within a reasonable drive of either rising they drive a little um, right of the inlet. Well, Cap, here's my thing. Question about the about the threshers. You know, the Makos seem to be singular fish, you know, the Duskies, the Browns. Do threshers, I notice this over the years, do they tend to, like, pack up or or like, pot up or school up? I mean, if you get one Absolutely. thresher, there's a chance to get another one, correct? Absolutely, because they kind of actually work in unison. Um, I mean, they work together pushing the, the baits and the bait balls or whatever, they, whatever they're forging on. They, they actually work almost like dolphins do. Um, you yeah, know, or workers, yeah, yeah. They actually will, and um, yeah. If you get a, if you get one on, um, if you got a, a, a definite thresher bite, besides getting a bite known you're in the right area, there's a good chance if you spooked that one off, you jumped them off, you broke them off, stick it out, stay there because there's probably others. Um, a lot of times, I think threshers uh, will hang back and. Yeah, um, you, you really should chum a little heavier than you do for anything else uh, because they, they they will get you, other things will get into the slick and in inshore you know in the inshore area you're fishing and that all helps too. But threshers will eat chum and and, and they'll stay with you. Uh, I I tend to chum very heavily and then for about forty five minutes I mean almost where oh my god all the chum's running out let it go. Then take your chum completely out of the water. Uh-huh. And just let a little dribble go. Let that happen for 15, 20 minutes. Because as the chunks and the, and the pieces stop, they'll come in and get your baits. Um, it, it'll, it'll, it, a lot of times it'll spark a bite. Almost like when one's back there and another one shows up where the competition practice Right, gets. okay, there you go. Well, Kev, let me yeah, ask you this. Let me ask you this. Will, will, sure. they, will they be... In the pods or whatever, pairs, uh, triplets, quadruplets, what have you, will they be similar size threshers, or will be will it be a, an amalgam of sizes there? I, I, I've usually smaller. Here's again for South Jersey area, the bigger threshers are now, the bigger threshers are now. But it, it, I haven't noticed where size or or, or age does anything with their with their packing with, with their hanging together thing, but. Um, one one of the things you remember is that smaller fish will show up when the water's warmer right. through July and even in August. Um, we, we're blessed with the five thousand bank area and numerous shoals all in the you know all in the right vein, if you will, where where, where they like to feed. The sand eels are there. The bunker are always there later in the year, so you will run into a pack of one hundred fifty to two hundred pounders, mm-hmm. which. You know, we, or even less, even less. You know, um, uh, you know, hundred pound fish is is a is you know not much more than a pup because you know they right. have a lot more weight to their body, a lot more weight to them because of the tail. You know, and don't don't forget the tails as long as their body is maybe a couple inches shorter. You know, so and, and they have a wide caudal, and the base of their fin is is extremely extremely dense, bony, heavy. That's let me relate let me relate one thing on uh well that's when Marie was on the cover of the fisherman magazine uh, a few years ago she had a thresher brought up and they packed it nice on the side of the boat we were up there out of uh i think out of a point or manasquan or whatever and I've... the captain and his mate who was also a captain they're on the floor just they had the towels on it and the ice well, Al, this Mako flicked its tail around and hit this guy in the back of the head. 
Oh. That I knocked him flat blood. Now, his wife happened to be up in the uh, cockpit with, uh, I think it was Captain Jake. She said, wow, look at that, man. He got his ass kicked out with a thresher from the tail that you think the fish is okay. It's subdued. It's pretty much dead. It can't do any damage. And like all primitive creatures, their sensory things are, are delayed where that thing, just that could be a lethal weapon. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we'll get to that. I guess in a second. If there's a little bit. If you're going to harvest one, it, it, you know the the process is a little different than. Well, at least I treat them a little differently than I do a mako. Um, a, a gunshot it will obviously is is the right way to subdue a shark at the boat side. As right. long as okay. We we can talk hours about about guns on boats, but we'll, we'll just say leave it at that. Um, the other thing is a flying gas is a number one tool for makos because they you know, want to hit them underneath. I prefer. I know it's not an IGFA thing, but I carry a dart for threshers because they're so hard to get to the boat sometimes right. that 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 that, that a, a long gill shot. Shoving your shoving the harpoon through through and through the, the shark's gills is the best way to subdue him. Um, after after you put a bullet in his head, um, uh, not that you can't use a flyer, but it just seems that you know a flyer is an inverted gaff. You know you, you want the way right, exactly yeah. Okay, well they're not the easiest fish. To, you don't want to reach out for a thresher at all because if, <laughs> if the hook if, the, if it does purchase. What happens is when they feel the pain, and I've seen it happen, when they feel the pain of the fire, they swim into it, the fulcrum. The minute they get hit, that tail slaps. And the, the fellow who, the lucky guy with the gaff, is not going to be, there's a very good chance that he's going to get it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a glancing blow. I've heard the tail hit the side of my boat where I cringed a couple yeah, of times. Ooh, yeah, I remember that. I was on that one trip out there. What the hell was that? It wasn't me. What I tend to do is I put the past the loop around the angler's line. To picture this, you want, I, I, I want a thresher to swim into the tail rope, okay? I'm not getting the tail rope over a thresher's I'm not reaching over with an open loop and looping over unless it's unless it's subdued, it's shot, and it's not going to it's not thrashing. If you are, are open a big open loop with a, a, a hitch in the back, open, slide it over the angler down the line, and then at the last minute, as a shark after you shoot it, you slide the tail rope head first. Oh, over the shark's head, yep. you have to be careful. They have enormous pex fins. You know, once you get past one pex fin with the tail rope, cinch it down. If you get past both, that's great. But get them in the belly, cinch them in the belly, and get them right away. You can loosen the purchase as he's moving, struggling as he's moving down. But you want to get the purchase on him right away and step back. Because once he starts rolling and the tail starts kicking, if that happens, Jeez, yeah. you don't want to be anywhere looking over the side. Yep. Joins on the Rack and Fin line is Al Cradelli III, Captain Al Cradelli III, two live crew in Rack and Fin Radio World. Bayhound charters were talking threshers. Well, now, two things I wanted to ask you. You know, the, the, again, the Mako, the jumping, the wild jumping. Now, I've heard, 
I've never seen. I've heard that threshers jump. I've seen them breach. And listeners, that that's pretty intense. I mean, these things come up and ba-boom when they hit that water. But, Al, you have told me that you've seen threshers go aerial. Oh, absolutely. They they will not with the like the forward or backward flip that you get out of a Mako always. They, they tend to breach. It's more like a breach, like you said. And then they kind of flop over. But what their neatest thing is what they do is they almost look like a blue the way a blue marlin gets on top of the water yeah, yeah. and run. Well, they get those big pecs out and it's almost like they have outriggers. You know, like and they get up on top with that tail kicking and almost two thirds of the fish is out of the water because they're actually almost like they're hydroplaning on those enormous yeah. pecs things. And then they have that big motor in the back keeping them going. So, you know, they, 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 they're very unpredictable. Um, as I said earlier, they're docile na- natured creatures to begin with. I mean, to, when they're when they're in their in their element, but once they're in danger or something happens, they go absolutely bonkers. Right, and now these aren't these aren't small fish. I mean, the state record is what six hundred eighty three pounds or something like that. I bought two thousand nine or ten. A guy, uh, uh, Benny Fogelberg at the fingers, like whacked yeah. it. And there's oh, and there's plenty uh, that. That, that I believe uh, I believe it may be a little more, but um, you know the weight. But there's been a couple enormous enormous makers. Yeah. Or, pressure, yeah. call. The last few years, um, I, you know, I, I I was lucky enough to be on Johnny Pratt's Ursula when he still owned it, um, and where we we never got a true weight, but the fish weight the fish was 21 feet long with the tail. Um, you know, it was seven guys fought it for seven hours. You know, it was one of those deals. So, wow. uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> well, Carl, let's get it. Let's get into um, the one thing about about the thresher that that seems to be in a snowmer. It's a big fish. It could be a big fish, like you said. It's docile, however. But again, the end game. Now, you you touch on the end game. Those things get on the deck. Okay, yeah. if you have an, even even a smaller one, Al. Captain, now you know yeah. small. You listeners, please be cautious. These things will—they'll rip your face off. Right. You should, as 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 that when I said to get the tail rope around its body, because that allows you—you you still have more rope. The ideal situation is to get the tail tied to the body somehow. Um, and I was starting to say at the wide point, at the wide point, uh, you know where the where the tail starts to peak, where it almost makes yeah. like a, an inverted V. You can get a rope around that, and if you get that part attached to the boat or back to the shark is is preferable. He can't really do much. That little end is still yeah. whipping around, but he can't get all that force from that that that, that wide caudal part causes. Okay, listen, uh, we're up against a hard break here, but I want to just give you the solve that Captain Al did, and then then our next segment is going to be short. We have Captain Al's one of his killer thresher recipes, pun intended, on that. Al, I don't know if you remember or not. It was down in, it wasn't in Seattle, it was in Stone Harbor, I believe. You had a charter, and they were from yeah. Pensalk and Cherry Hill area or whatever. And you had a probably a 250 or 280 thresher up. And there was a, it was a boat livery right there, a little dock, whatever. And I remember you said, Tom P., come down if you need some photos for, I guess you were using, using one of our lines or whatever. And um, I'll never forget this, Al. The father, the mom, young couple, they were early, mid-30s, and the two little kids and they came in and they said, wow, look at that fish. Said, uh, how'd you guys do? Said, and the, I'll never forget this guy said, 
Boy, you they were from Pensy. You people in Jersey make it tough to get a flounder or two for dinner. Again, back then, I think the limit was only 17, right? 17 and a half? Right. Right, and right. you and you got the photo. We got all the photos. In fact, was a shout out to Hutchins on the cover of the Fisherman magazine. And you proceeded to uh, cut up the Mako. And right. I mean, the guy was. I, mean, I don't know if you, you probably remember this. Al, the guy was looking. He says, "Wow, that meat looks incredible." I said, "That's that's as good as swordfish or Mako shark." If, if you ask me, I said, "Trust me, I, I do restaurant reviews for Boaters Digest, so I know what good shark is." He said, "Wow." And I remember you said, "Hey, Tom, Pete, come, come here." You called me at it, and the guys were talking. The the guys caught the fish, and they were having a beer or whatever. You said, "I'll never forget this crew." You did them a solid. You said, "Hey, you sliced off two steaks, and you put them in a bag, and you said, give them to that guy, give them to the family, tell them to go home and enjoy, it and tell what you think." Yeah. And I'll never forget that, Al. And like I said, when I ran into the guy you know, years later, freaked the little girl out, but she was pretty cool with it because, listeners, when you when you cut up a <laughs> A shark that fresh? Uh, you know how the meat is pulsing? Quivering, yeah. Yeah, quivering. Yeah. The little girl says, Daddy, look at that. It's still alive. The son was a little mortified. <laughs> but, Al, you did a solid. Now, you, now, what are the chances that I would run into, again, of, of all places, Yuri's or something? But I'll never forget that, Al. You did a solid. And you just inspired more people to at least appreciate what the shark fishing bounty has to offer. Yeah, uh, the restaurants are uh, absolutely outstanding. Table fare, they yeah they they're not you know clean. You have to clean them almost like you would a swordfish, where you take the, the sides of the body off, yep, split yep. split the steak, uh, split the side, and then cut the steaks because their 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 body width is is it's not conducive to cutting tables uh, or plate sized steaks like a mako would be. Uh, you know, uh, you, you have to almost. The, the, the steaks or the, the pieces almost look remind you of halibut, the way you cut them. Exactly, in, in exactly. The yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, I mean, but as far as, you know, external organs outside the body, just like the Mako, so there, there's no urine washing to its right, body. Exactly, system. yeah. So you have you don't have that ammonia taste to deal with. And um, now that they're dying while eating, um, you know, they... No, 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 Listen, you think I get excited? Al, that's why they call them two live crew. Like the group. And actually, Tom, I was starting to slobber a little Listen, bit. we have one recipe coming up. Grab that cup, grab that rub. We'll be right back with Rack and Fit Radio with Captain Al Cordelli. And also, last segment, a little bit about Fluker from the Jetties with he calls himself Back Bay Dave, but I see him knocking the snot out of Keeper Flatties on the Jetties. Grab a cup. Again, grab that Red Bull. Cup of coffee, Red Bull. Be right back. Rack and fin radio. Captain Al, two live. Al, is this too much fun? Let's go fishing. Be right back. Rack and fin radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Back inside Rack and fin radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of June 13th and 14th. Excuse me. I'll tell you, this V8 juice. My God, talk about reflux. Captain Al Cradelli, Bayhound Charters out of Sea Isle, who is, is booking faster than the, than the encyclopedias can be produced, is going to give us his Thresher recipe. He has many, but this, this one in particular, I'm telling you, don't wear socks to get knocked off. Make your tongue slap your brains out. It, guys, guys, let's be adults here. 
little that's rack and fin. It'll, after you have a piece of this, it'll get so hard a cat can't scratch it. If you get my idea. Sorry, Captain Crow. I get too excited, man. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's we go into that recipe, of, brother. We stole, we kind of stole a little bit out of off the uh off the Kobe and Dolphin book with the uh with, yeah. with, with the with the Peter Colada. Um we had we had a little bit different process though. When you get your steaks, obviously Coco Lopez is the number one ingredient. Um there's a lot of different kinds out there. Um but the, the kind you need to go, you should go to the liquor store or Acme. They do have it on the shelf. Coco Lopez, Lopez, yeah. Coco Lopez, the blue can. That's 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 the original. That's the stuff. Um, that shaking now, where 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 the with Kobe flavors or Dolphin flavors, you would just marinate because the texture to me is a little different. What I like to do, and it's a little more work, but it's it's well worth it. You're still going to pat and dry and season. Very, very dry, your your cutlets or your fillets or whatever, however you decide to clean your, your treasure meat. Again, it should look like almost a, 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 a halibut steak, um, but they need, it needs to be dried. Dried, seasoned to taste, whatever you care to season with. I, I don't over-season salt and black pepper is all I use um, after the fillet is dry, after the piece of your you're cooking is dry. Then I put the Coco Lopez in, the, in a vacuum seal bag. With the fillets, I then vacuum seal the fillets wow. in. It, it, that's the difference. When you pressurize, when you put it, 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 it lets it get into the meat. In, in Saturation, a very, yeah, yeah, yeah. And better. Other fish, you pour us more, and it'll get in there. But you, you, it'll get in. But you get the you. You don't seem to get the glazing effect unless you do unless you do the vacuum pack. I know it's a lot of work. You can you do a rolling pin. You can put it in a plastic bag and roll it over a rolling pin. But the vacuum packer is no, it's a no brainer. You put in the amount you, that you're going to put, and then you can just cut the bag and, and yeah, discard it, or you rinse it out and use it over again. But you know, pressurizing, press, putting that, pressing the, the, the Coco Lopez into the steaks really gives it an extra kick and, and allows that caramelization. Uh, you know, when it's done on the grill. Okay. Don't overcook. Don't overcook. Stressor is a very good. Very, very. Uh, it, it, they have a lot. It's a moist. It's a moist flag. Where you know where makos have the dark spot on each side. Right, right. They tend, yep. to, they tend to dry a little. Treasures don't have that problem. <laughs> now, Excuse grill study. You're talking about propane grill. What, what do you have it on? Well, you know it, it, now that sticky sticky thing there is that the size of your your thickness of your of your pieces. There you go. Now, obviously, yeah. the thicker the better. But remember, when you do your flip, there's not going to be there's. there's there really shouldn't be another flip. There should be a two flip thing, and then let the, turn the heat down, and and or actually let it go off, and then let that caramelization happen for a couple of minutes. Then bring it in, and that with a nice fresh green salad, little your whatever you oh, you know man. whatever you care to that little macaroni, homemade macaroni and cheese. And I'm gonna tell you what you know, crew, I'm gonna crew, you're making me wiggle in my chair, man. Now, now, what do you do with this crew? One, two things. Now, a nice summer ale or a white wine and what would you do for dessert with that incredible thresher i um i hopefully if you made dinner good enough you drink your dessert you finish that wine you have a couple of glasses of wine and you know i'm not much of a dessert guy these days you know um i don't eat i'm not a big he is the slim 
I am partial to a little tiramisu once in a while. I've been learning tiramisu. Stop with that. And I've never met a cannoli. I don't like either, Tom. So I, you know, if you have to have dessert, you know. Okay, Captain Crew, do me a favor. We're up against Harbaugh. Give that phone number. Give that website or Facebook. What do you got? I get just give me a shout on myself, 609-602-2662. Um, you know, because of our because of our epidemic problem here, I've got plenty of open days, unfortunately. Yeah. Um yeah, give me a shout. I'd love to fill them up. Um, everyone please be safe, be kind, keep your eyes open, make sure everybody's uh, you know, treat everybody like you like to be treated and uh have fun out there. Go get yourself a thresher, guys. That's Captain Crew. Captain Crew, we'll see you sometime this week. And by All the way, right, whoa, 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 before we go, I have to ask, how is that beautiful mom? Oh, she's outstanding. She's outstanding. Actually, um, yeah, yeah, yeah she's uh, uh, the Rolling Stone gathers no moss. She never stops. <laughs> she is good. Crew, you take care. And uh, a couple of hugs to the little Sandy girl. You talk about the ultimate beagle in the thickest cover. And I, I, okay, I messed up. I messed up. Al looked at me. He yeah, says, no, no, he, no, no, no. He, he looked at me. He says, I don't want to shoot you. Sandy wants to rip your guts out. <laughs> the way, the way she ran that rabbit. Oh, man. Crew, I'll talk to you this week. You'll be good. Bye-bye. Yeah, man, I'll tell you. Thresher with that recipe with the Coco Lopez, the real deal. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. As we slowly ease back into life, Acme wants you to know we're here to help you celebrate together. Not too close, but just close enough to hear the sounds of laughter, sighs of relief, and gasp of excitement. So as we move forward, let's do it safely together with Acme. Right now, Lancaster brand fresh split chicken breasts, drumsticks, or thighs, jumbo pack is 99 cents a pound. And two-pound packaged strawberries or 18-ounce packaged blueberries are $3.99. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, wrapping up with Tom P. Rack and Fin Radio the weekend of June 13th and 14th. That was Captain Al, two live crew, Cradelli. We're talking Thresher, Shark, and now, now, and uh, Low Al says they hang around till August, but this is the prime time. Sea bass season still going, fluke season still going on. I just want to, um, a very important segment here. Contacted a gentleman, m- met him a couple of years ago, and he is just, um, he's just doing some, some great fluke fishing from the jetties. Now, he's on the South Jetty in Barnicut Inlet State Park, you know, on the Barnicut Light side. Norwich is on the other side with Island Beach State Park. But I found his tactics to work because I've tried them on various jetties up and down the coast. His name is, I think it's Dave, but I know he's Deadhead Dave because he's a deadhead freak. And he's also Back Bay Dave. The guy has many monikers, but he is one hell of a flounder fisherman from the rocks he's going to give us some tips right down me it was always bucktail or jig headed with the gulp no 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 dave and and i've listened to me i watched him listeners i watched him and this guy does the catches a lot of fluke and it's working for me and hopefully it'll work for you deadhead dave how you doing man good how are you thanks for the call uh lock cocked and ready to rock dave listen we i i know i pinned you down 
with your jetty tag, which isn't really a tactic. It's just something that people don't use on the jetties because it's always the the bucktail jig head gulp thing. And you've turned yeah. this around, and you you've and you're uh, great that you want to share this with the Rack of Him Radio listenership. But Dave, right. how did you key in on this? So effective, listeners. It's your basic what Dave high low rig. Reel it, move it, reel it, and you're yeah. going to knock the snot out of the flatties. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, when you're fishing off the jetties, especially into the inlet, you know, you're dealing with a lot of current. You're dealing with a lot of depth. Um, there's nothing wrong with fishing with a bucktail. Uh, a nice light bucktail hops off the bottom as you're retrieving it, and that's a good thing. But sometimes when the current starts picking up, you need a little more weight. And a lot of times if you use a heavier bucktail, it gets to be too big, uh, for the fish to be attracted to, uh, right. especially the, the fluke that are down there. So what I like to use is, is a high-low rig, we call it, which has uh, a, 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 um, a loop on the bottom which holds a sinker, and then you have two dropper loops above that about a foot apart, which holds each hook. I like to go very simple uh, when I'm fishing for fluke. I use a bear hook, and I use a four-inch swimming mullet gulp. Live, live, uh, they call it live gulp. Uh, it's, it's gulp alive. Gulp, yeah, gulp alive. What color, though, Dave? Gulp alive. Yes, thank you. Um, and I, I find that very effective. Time, 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 time. What color? My go-to is white. They, they, they I, I never have a problem. I always start out with the white. Mm-hmm. Different colors work very well. Uh, I always, I also found out, and I, and I hear this from from many other people over the years. When the water starts getting a little cloudy. They see the chartreuse better, that, that, that bright green color. That's in their spectrum of, of, of vision, and they see that very well underwater. Uh, so as, as things get cloudy, sometimes they won't see the white as clear. They'll always, they'll always key on movement. And, uh, but like I said, go with the chartreuse if it gets a little darker, and sometimes even if you throw pink down there, it all depends on uh, what what they're feeding on, but my go-to is white. Always start out with a white gulp, four-inch swimming mullet. Now listen, listen, listen to me. Yes. When you talk about pink, okay? Now you're you're a music guy. Yeah. Angus Young from ACDC is a fluke fisherman. That's why he wrote okay. that song, "Sink the Pink." Sink the pink. <laughs> <laughs> and oh shout out God. to Eddie Bronson at Fanatics in Ocean City. Ain't no use if it ain't chartreuse. But, Dave, let me ask you, what made you key into this? Again, because it gets very expensive. Even if you're, you're tying your own bucktails, but I think we do the lead in the whole bit. That made you yeah. key into this. And that's why I was watching you saying, and Denise said, the guy's just he's just using a high-low rig. I mean, what made you yeah. finally turn to that, and then you noticed that you were catching a lot more fluke and more keeper fluke? Well, um, it, it, it's basically because you're dealing with a lot of rocks down there, especially on the inlet sides of the jetties. The, the, the rocks don't stop where you see them on the surface. Right. They'll, yeah. they'll, stand, they'll stand out 10 or 20 yards out, out into the jetty. So when you're drawing in, you know, and you have that bucktail jumping on the bottom, sometimes that'll snag into that rock Thump. and you can't get yep. it out and, and snap. It's gone. That's a bucktail gone. That could cost you three or four bucks, sometimes five, five, six dollars for a decent buck. Have you seen this? Have you seen the price of spros lately? Mary, mother of God, you're talking Absolutely, about a sec- yeah. you're talking about a second mortgage in your surf and jetty bag. Well, Dave, let me yeah. ask you. Let me ask you this though: What shape yes. sinker? What style sinker do you use in your high low rig in that jetty nasty rocky situation? A bank? Yeah. Uh, what, what do you use? Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I like to use the bank sinker. It, it, it's a slim profile. 
Uh, it's got a, it's got a smooth surface and, and it'll, and it'll, uh, it'll slide along or, or the, the bottom very easily without collecting any, uh, any kind of seaweed or anything that it, it will collect heavy seaweed, of course, but generally, uh, you're trying to fish in sand or, or even muscle beds is, mm-hmm. is a good place to find, find fluke. But, uh, yeah, that, that slimmer, uh, um, bank sinker is, is your key. Always start out as light as you can to uh, get it to the bottom. They want to, you want it to stay on the bottom as, as, as best you can with mm-hmm. an easy retrieve. I always start out with two or three ounces. I, I really don't go any heavier than two or three ounces. Sometimes I, I, I'm very successful with an ounce or an ounce and a half uh, thinker for sure. Now, Dave, are you really doing, you, you, like you're, you're uh, tipping the rod, giving it a shake, slow crawl in, or are you aggressive, more of, a, uh, more of an aggressive retrieve? No, it's it, it's a slow retrieve. Uh, you you want to do a little bit of a shake to to get that uh, gulp to look like it's it's a little bit injured and it's a little bit um, you know uh, uh, having a problem swimming probably, and that that'll attract the the, the uh, fluke to to attack it. Sometimes fluke will follow your uh, gulp or your jig for a little while before they um, before they hit. So what I like to do is I crank about three or four times and I do a stop, and then I. Start it up again. Crank it three or four times. I okay. do stop, and and that sometimes entices a hit. When they see it stop, they they might hit it right at that point. Or when they see it jump again, as, as you start to retrieve again, that'll entice a hit. Now, Dave, is the hit is it a, is it a significant thump or a tap tap? Uh, it, it all depends. Uh, sometimes you'll you'll feel you'll feel the tap tap. It, um, it all depends on how they feed. Sometimes they'll they'll grab the end of a, of a piece of bait before and before you know right. stuffing it all the way in their mouth. And what you'll do is when you feel that little tap tap, you'll stop your retrieve and you'll release just a little bit of tension there you go. to give them the go. chance yeah. to get it in their mouth. And when you then you'll feel that they grabbed at it again more aggressively, and that's when you you, you yank back and set your hook. Now. Be very careful when you're setting a hook in the fluke. You don't have to set it too hard. You're, you're not setting it into a, into a uh, blue Tarpon fish. or something, yeah. <laughs> well, Dave, yeah, question. These, these things have delicate jaws. You can rip their mouth right off. All you have to do is give, give it a good, good uh, you know, with your wrist. Just, yep. just tighten up. Just give it nice and a nice tight. Just tighten up real, real t- t- tight with your wrist, and then keep that tension on as you're reeling in. Because if it's not completely set, for the most part, it always is set right. very, very well. But any good fisherman knows, keep your tension. Now, Dave, along the jetty itself, any specific areas, I know you get out and you cast out, retrieve in, any specific areas in tight, in close to the jetty that you target first? Honestly, uh, fish can be, uh, fluke can be anywhere. Uh, I always like to target where I see some kind of, um, sometimes there, there's a sandbar that runs down the middle of the, of the inlet that sometimes the, the fluke are up there. Yep, yep. Sometimes the fluke are in go. deep. Uh, in, in the channel, and a lot of times they're laying right alongside the rocks, waiting to ambush some some kind of bait fish that might be along the rocks. Uh, I like to target a little bit closer to the rocks first, and see if there's anything dance, uh, laying around there. Uh, I, I kind of don't cast directly out. I kind of cast on kind of a 45 degree angle, so I'm not coming directly into the rocks. I'm kind of yep. coming down along the rocks a little bit without having to worry about that I'm dancing actually in the rocks and I'm going to lose my rig that way. Uh, sometimes the fluke are in the rocks. It all depends on how widely they're spaced. But, yeah, that's what I normally do. Yep. Fluke can be anywhere. You just got to keep trying different areas, find out where they're laying, and find out how, how they're hitting. It's, it's, it's Sometimes it's different every day. Okay, Back Bay Dave, Deadhead Dave, 
Dave, the, uh, he, he is the Jetty <laughs> Monster. Thank, thank, listen, on, thanks for joining us. On, stop with that. I know you as I know you. And and thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin. Listen, it took me two seasons to get this guy to give up some of the – it seems as basic as it is. High-low rate. Yeah. High-low. But not that many people do it because of the mantra, bucktail, go, bucktail, go, bucktail, strip it. You have to bucktail. No, no, the high-low rig with the bank sinker will get you a lot more fluke. Dave, thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin Radio. And by the way, uh, yeah. where where is your next trip off to? Are you going to do the surf thing, the jetty thing? You into the striper thing? What's the dealio? Actually, Listeners, uh, he, he's out there. Two o'clock in the morning in March with snot sickles hanging from his nose, and he's there. Hold up, hold up, keep your stripers, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I have a we have a small tournament between two um, my, my fishing team and another fishing team from Atlantic City coming up on Saturday, and uh, it, it's a friendly Today, competition. Yeah. The yeah. largest, the largest fish wins. So I'm going to head out to the inlet for the first two hours of of the session and try to pick up some some kind of big fish, whether it's a bluefish or a striper that might still be nosing around. And if I can't pick up anything big like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on catching fluke. If I can catch like a 22 or a 23 inch fluke out of the inlet, that might be the winning fish because off the beaches right now in LBI, a lot of the big fish are kind of moving north. Yeah, some of the bluefish right, yeah. are, are starting to come in a little bit, but mostly you're catching smaller kingfish and whatnot. So I am gonna hit the jetty tomorrow morning and Saturday morning. Saturday morning's the, the tournament. Tomorrow morning's I'm gonna scope it out. So tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, I'll be out in the jetty for two or three hours, and then I'm going to hit the beach for the rest of the tournament and try to uh, rally up my team and try to win this little competition that we're having. Okay, listeners, I had Dave. I just gave birth to a high-low rig. Okay, Dave, you take care, man. <laughs> you, you ta- see ya. Right, you too. Bye-bye. Great talking to you. Yeah, he's just he's just a very cool guy. And, and like some of the people I meet, many of the people I meet, just likes to share information, share the knowledge. That's it for this week on Rack and Fin Radio. Get out there and enjoy good weather. Tom P. See you next week. 